This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. Hello, I'm Roisin Ingle, and you are very welcome to Back to Yours, a podcast where I knock on the doors of some big names to tell the story of their lives through the houses they've lived in. In this episode, I went to Dublin 3, a place I am very familiar with because it's my home turf too, to visit the multi-talented Sonia Lennon. You will know her as one half of the design duo Lennon-Courtney and she answered the door in what was a very fetching outfit. Hello, Sonia Lennon. Oh my God! Sonia has appeared in this incredibly beautiful, diaphanous, pink, gorgeous. I don't know what to call it, Sonia. You'll be able to describe oh, it as the kind fashion. Of like a fashion moo moo, to be honest it's with a you. Moo-moo. It looks like the most comfortable. I'm single handedly bringing back the moo moo. There. You're the Homer Simpson. I know! And Demi's Roussos. And of course, Sonia's. Beautiful clothes can be found in Dunn stores. She's also a stylist, a tech entrepreneur, and CEO of Dress for Success Dublin, which was founded in 2011. She lives with her partner and their teenage twins in a lovely home in Dublin's North Strand. We also talk about her turning 50, which she marked with a party in a very unusual venue. Here it is, back to yours with Sonia Lennon. Sonia Lennon, thank you very much for letting us come back to yours. It's a really lovely road, first of all. At the end of it, there's this mural that says Cade Mila Fulcher. So yep. you're obviously, there's a nice little community here. Yeah, great little tight residence community here. Cool. And uh, also we walked in the room and everything's blue. Yes. Blue is obviously a colour that you're <laughs> well, blue, into. The doors, f- the walls, it's a it's just like a seaside scape. In a fog of frankincense. <laughs> yeah. so sorry I about should that. have mentioned the, there is a very strong waft. I'm expecting some kind of hippie 60s yeah, music well. to come on. It's all lovely thank you but what, what about the blue then why did you choose this um, color so when we moved into the house 15 16 years ago we painted it all kind of a pale gray and then it just seemed a little cold and I wanted something that had a bit more warmth and depth to it and it is an old house it's a Victorian house so um I kind of thought it could take take that so yeah there was um there was quite a few naysayers along the way but I think it works but who cares? It's what yeah. you have to live with. It. Yeah, they don't, to, they don't have to be here. But what is the story of this home then? You've been here 15, 16 years. You mm. live here with your lovely twins yes. and your husband. Yes. And what is the story of you sort of buying this house? Well, I suppose uh, when we went, when we decided we were looking for a home, myself and David, and um, we looked around the place and um, uh, when we came here, we'd seen a few places and it was like kind of, you know... Um, it was a bit, um, what was the name? Uh, Goldilocks. No, 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 no. And then we came here and we f- we saw this house and I just I just went into steely lockdown. You know, okay. that kind of... <laughs> I, I, and did it happen like almost entering the house from the outside or was it, did it have to be exploring all the rooms or did you have I just knew, away? Yeah. I just knew. I said, this is, this is our house. And I was, had it in, in between my teeth as I was walking around. And when we moved in here, the house was a warren. There were 11 people living in here. There was a mom, a dad, there were kids, there were foster kids. There was a grandfather. It was like so populated. And so the, the, the aesthetically the house wasn't to our liking at all, but just the, the feeling of it and and the potential of it and, and what it could be for us. And it, it kind of really felt like a family, like a home that could be a family home. 
Um, and actually that bore fruit because um, I remember saying to, to one of my best friends, I said, this, this house is going to be a bun fight because there was loads of people looking at it. And she said, it's okay, you're good at buns. And uh, when I went, we, we, it went eventually to seal bids. Oh, number, God, what a number nightmare. in an envelope and we were living on Herbert Street at the time and I got a phone call when I was in Tesco on Baggett Street saying um, you, you got the house from the estate agent and I burst into comedy tears in the middle of Tesco <laughs> I can't believe it you know um, and, and two weeks after we were told we had the house uh, we came round we asked can we come round um, to meet the, the family who were selling it and just maybe explore another little bit have another little look at it because you spend an enormous amount of money you know on one or two looks of something and then you go okay maybe we just have another little look and at that stage they told us that the underbidder had uh, come back with 20 grand in cash in an envelope and said uh, we'd like to add this to our bid and uh, the woman of the house had said uh, no because they were a developer and she said no we want to sell this house to somebody who's going to raise a family here brilliant yeah oh, that's actually quite moving I know and you, you think there isn't those people anymore yeah. like 20 grand in an envelope yeah. 15 or 16 yeah. years ago as yeah. well for for a family that's bursting at the seams yeah not to take that I know and, and my other favorite part of of this house was um my mom is now uh 78 and um has quite progressed um dementia but at the time she didn't obviously not obviously but she didn't and uh, I remember She's saying to me on the phone, uh, the house is fabulous. Uh, we want to have a look at it. And I was like, oh, did you? Wow, okay. And she said, grand back garden on it. And I said, um, how do you know? And she said, I shimmied up the back wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hello. okay. So yeah, that was so my mom. So it had the mom seal of approval. Mom said it was okay. Yeah. And, and then... Although mom didn't believe that as many people were bidding on it as I saw in the viewing. She said, no, that's a ruse. That's a scam. There's not that many people looking at it. Right. They're but just then, trying to drive the price up. I'd say she was impressed with that story, though, the, the 20 grand. Yeah, she was. That proved it. So was it, it wasn't it been long after you moved in here that I'm thinking, because your, te- your, te- your twins are teenagers, that you became pregnant 14. So we must be in here, 2003. So yeah. what does that make it? 16 years. Yeah. Right? And how old are the twins? They're 14 now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So first we had the dog. Okay, you did it all in the right <laughs> order. You got your house. So we got the dog to try and ensure that we had some sort of um, <laughs> instincts for keeping something alive. Idea. And that um, proved itself until the dog died. But the twins had come before the dog okay. died, so we kind of felt we were it served its purpose, equipped. It? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, has it proved like what the woman said about a great house to raise a family and having your children here what's I, I this house has been very kind to us and and the neighborhood has been very kind to us so the the twins um went to school 40 paces away from our front door and um you know if if I'd been so minded I could have drop kicked them over the back wall to to get them to school every morning but you know obviously I didn't um but yeah it's and and I love it here yeah. I love it we're in the center town um you know and it's it is a community and this is where I have to say that I live down the road from you like literally two seconds because <laughs> it would be a bit weird if I didn't mention it um so I see you around all the time yeah and I know you're very involved in the lovely community garden yeah. that's nearby here well I say very involved well, I go I to the parties it, I, I think, well, me too that's how involved I am but actually tell us a bit about Mud Island because um this North Strand has you know a reputation in some ways to, of being 
which you know was founded in some ways there's there's gangland things Mm. there's all sorts of negative stories that come out of this area but you and I live here Mm. and have a really rich experience living here with our kids and 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 for me I don't know about you but I love it as as a place where I know my neighbors and there's that old school sort of tradition of generations who live here and also the blow-ins like us you know we've been here you know less than 20 years say so tell us about Mud Island because I think Mud Island Community Garden is a really special, unusual place. Yeah. And every time I bring people there, they're just astounded that in Blown the middle away. of inner city Dublin, there's this lovely garden that yeah, brings everyone together, you know. It's because North Strand is quite, um, you know, the the the, the sort of um, process of gentrification of any area starts with the artists and then the gays move in <laughs> and, you know, eventually the upwardly mobiles descend on it, you know. And so it is a very artistic community, a lot of music, a lot of art, uh, theatre, film. Um, so we have a very rich kind of cultural cross-section of people in this area and I suppose it's that spirit that led to Mud Island being created um, on kind of land that had been raised to develop um, and then the crash happened and it was left as a sort of a, 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 a this piece of land in the middle of the North Strand um, with nothing happening and which thank goodness thank goodness yeah. so the pioneers um, Maeve and Fanula and John got together and um, basically lobbied to the council to say we'll mind this plot of land um, and now that plot of land which started as a little tiny kind of germ of an idea is a, a communal community garden so it's not allotments don't yeah, know, don't exactly. be it's mistaken yeah. it's one beautiful garden in the round it's a pizza oven it's a stage <laughs> it's a ukulele hub it's a meadow yeah. like there is a planted meadow there it's a market it's a it's the best uh, Halloween night you'll ever have it's midsummers it's everything and it's just beautiful I know it is incredible we have to tell everyone about Halloween because it's the place where we all gather in this area on Halloween night and they do up this garden like you wouldn't believe with lights and every year it seems to get bigger yeah. and better they even have a ghost house that you can Disneyland could take tips like it is <laughs> I don't know beyond. how they do it it's yeah. incredible and yet I don't know how, well I do know how they do it because they're really fabulous people it's 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 not it's I don't know how to say this. It's not showy and and it's so gorgeous and cool and and just creative. So it's not it's 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 thinking and doing, not putting tinsel up. Well, listen, everyone knows that you're a very creative person, you know, with every venture you do, whether it's dress or success, which you're so involved in and have led and your fashion line, which we love now seeing in Duns everywhere and you've just um gone from strength to strength, but in terms of your creativity, when you're thinking about how you did your home with, say, with all the blue and all the different elements to it, is that something you've really brought? Like, you've loads of art, you've beautiful paintings. Um, so is it really important for you as a kind of artistic person to be surrounded by that kind of uh, inspiration, I suppose? Um, I, I think that you can't disconnect your creativity from everything you do and how you do it. It's so... Um, it's just a, a way of being and you know David works with a lot of artists and and we've he's a graphic designer he's a graphic designer and um, he so it's he, a very arty house yeah no there's loads of that stuff going on around here <laughs> yeah. you know but we we've we've had the the you know the honor of being able to hang amazing pieces on the wall and and also Dave is um out in IADT um head of faculty out there over art design and film so you know he he sees raw talent coming up you know we've some beautiful graduate pieces on the wall as well as established artists and um 
yeah it's gorgeous like it's what a what a what an honor and a privilege um but it's not like it was a kind of a quick fix this house has evolved over years and you know um we obviously both love books as well as I, I I don't know if you um the, the, you know the Twitter account of John McFarlane, the guy who gives a word a day. Do you have you ever come oh, across no, him? Oh, it's amazing. But he he had a book. He had a word um, a few weeks ago, which was um, the Japanese word for piles of books un, as yet unread. And what are they? What oh, are they? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> Well, I, I can't remember, but it was it was this fabulous Japanese word which describes basically our yeah, house. Just, I have, I have yeah. similar issues. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not claiming that I'm alone and unique and special in this, <laughs> no. but I think it is a, it is a phenomenon of people. It's who, great that there's a word for it. Though. Yeah, yeah, we'll look it up before we leave. And we'll drop it into the addendum. <laughs> <We will>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about then your childhood home? How does it differ um, in terms of aesthetic and just where was it and the story yeah. of your childhood home? So. Um, my, I grew up in Malahide. Um, I was uh, I was born in Donegal because my dad was working for the bank up there at the time, so it was kind of a bump in the road job. Um, and but my parents are dub way back, and um, I I I do claim a little bit of Donegal heritage, but I'm definitely a dub. Um, and I grew up in Malahide by the sea in in a house that was built new at the time by my parents. We went to Manchester for a couple of years, and we lived in Manchester when I between. Anyway, I came back. I came back four years. I think I was in Manchester. Came back with a little mank accent at the age of seven, and uh, got exemption from Irish in my first nice. year of being back. <laughs> then that kind of fell away. But um, so yeah, so it was a new build in Malahide by the sea, and it was just fantastic, fantastic. Like every summer was spent barefoot, you know, lolloping down to to the seashore and hanging out with my mates and. It was gorgeous, and Malahide was uh, much quieter then than it is now, um, uh, much less built up. Um, but yeah, I we it was a it was um, a kind of a a, a standard middle class um, detached home in Malahide, um, uh, but lovely. And my my mum and my dad are both creative. My dad, even though they didn't really necessarily expect ex. ex- it. My dad particularly, I think my dad worked in the bank and I, I always kind of thought that there was an alternative life for him um, that wasn't available to him at the time because of the choices that had to be made around mm. providing for a family and, and, and the limited choices around career at that time. Um, but I could have seen him doing, doing something else in another life. And in terms of your mother, what do you think you've taken uh, from her in terms of how you run your house, say that's a funny word to use in a way, but we used to say running, running yeah, a house. Yeah. What is it that kind of has influenced you? Do you see yourself doing similar things or doing very different things? I suppose it's a bit of, bit of both, really. Um, my mum uh, was always a fantastic cook. Um, and so food plays a huge part. And we really, we really are passionate about food in this house. Um, and, um, you know, passionate about cooking, proper proper food um and in fact only recently um we started to implement a road because the twins are 14 now so kind of you know they get a turn to to cook um during the week as well and i, and I think that beans on toast i bet it is not what did we get the other we got a chicken parmesan the other night from oh, finn it was very ooh. very impressive um, and evie's doing a chicken curry tonight so we don't only eat chicken we eat actually other things as well but that that's what's happening um so so definitely the love of food and fresh food and and healthy food um came from her because she was an uh 
uh, transatlantic air hostess. Her culinary references were very broad and growing up in the 80s, that was quite unusual. Um, and I remember the, the, the conversations coming home from school, you know, kind of tromping up the hill and my friends saying, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? I was like, oh, I don't know, I think we're going to have a Thai curry or something. I'm having chops, you know? And it was like, <laughs> again, <laughs> you know? And so there was always quite a, uh, a varied ethnic diet there. So that, that definitely started with her. But um, the one thing that I've been really adamant not to do is to, <laughs> to um, respond... Um, violently sounds like a terrible word but respond dramatically um to something being broken like I remember when I was growing up if something broke there was a lot of Jesus Christ and I so I kind of made a vow to myself that that if something broke well unless it was a human that there would be kind of a measured response to that because things break and so do you remember as, as things happen, because with children, that's what happens. Things do yeah. break, especially. And we break things as well. Yeah, we do. But um, you're kind of just checking yourself. Yeah. Because I'm sure the instinct is there because you're used to, over the years, hearing it, hearing that dramatic response. Except that I always questioned it in my okay, head. Okay, Like, even as a kid, I was like, but what, like, oh, it's not going to bring it back. And what, so why? Yeah. You know? And I mean, I've had beautiful things break. And it's sad, but... It's okay, you know, so that, that's definitely something that I, um, I don't do. Escape the Ordinary with Green and Blacks, sponsor of Back to Yours. Made with the finest ingredients and ethically sourced cocoa. Discover your favourite flavour from the range, which includes 70% cocoa, roasted almond, salted caramel, sea salt and mint. think that your wardrobe situation and the amount of stuff that you have must be vast so do you have storage issues like so many of us do yeah um I, I it's funny my um my appetite has never been enormous in terms of consumption and that might seem kind of strange to some people um now at the moment I have a situation where I have um new clothes available to me on an ongoing basis um but I rotate them I rotate them out and um uh, there are pieces that I have been in my wardrobe and and you know of of vintage pieces of Lennon Courtney pieces pieces that I will never ever leave or lose or um give away and they're kind of staples um I I so I tend to I tend to buy accessories and jewelry um and, and I kind of feel, I feel there's something wrong if I'm not wearing Lennon Courtney because I kind of think, well, what's the point? If I can't make clothes that I'm happy to wear every day, then I'm doing something wrong. Right. Can I just ask about your moo Yes. So Sonia is wearing the most beautiful, as I said it when we opened the door, it's stunningly beautiful pink silk. Yeah, uh, no, it's not silk, actually. It's, it's, a, it's a silky fabric, silky but it's not silk. Fabric. Yeah, it has a bit and of stretch in it It's as well. gorgeous. Where did that... Although what the stretch is for, I have no idea, because no bit of it, <laughs> it is, is anywhere very, near it skin. It would hold quite a few people. It would hold a few of you, yeah. Sonia, if yeah. you needed to. Well, this was, actually, this was actually designed as a sample, and I wore it as one of the three outfits for my um, 50th birthday, uh, last with December. three outfits. Yeah. Sorry, hold on. Yeah, I know. So you approached it very much like an event where you were going to change. We're going to have this outfit for this bit. And well, it was a big night, and I wanted to celebrate. And and getting dressed is part of my celebration. So I kind of figured I ha- had three, and then I kind of stopped at two, 
but there was a lobby group who knew that there was a third and so I got pushed into changing into third I was kind of by the second but second one I was kind of comfortable but then yeah. what did you do for your 50th <laughs> I had a I had a wonderful party um which was um very very kindly hosted um, by Dublin Port on the proviso that I support uh, Peter McVerry. Um, and so that fabulous cube building on the fourth floor of that building, um, we, we took over um, thanks to Eamon's kindness. Um, and uh, Peter McVerry Trust benefited from that. And uh, it was magic. I, I wanted to have a party somewhere where nobody had had a party before. And I wanted to have a party in North Dublin, in my hood. Um, and I wanted it to be somewhere very special. And 1970s brutalist art is just about as good as it gets in my book. Our <laughs> brut- brutalist architecture, you know. That is amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Very original. Yeah. And even people coming up to that must have been like, yeah, never was, have it was been there before. Mind blowing. And they, they were so lovely. And then they the were views so out yeah. across the city. Yeah. Like, yeah. stunning. Did it go on? Very, very late. Um, it night. went on um, the appropriate length of time and then we <laughs> <laughs> retired to this house and a, group, a, a group of hardcores um, came back. Wow. Yeah. And so so tell me about the outfits. Talk me through the outfits. For oh, the gosh. Night. I know this isn't about home, but I think people will want to know. Yeah, what, yeah. What uh, so was. I, what was the first? Oh, um, I had a kind of a tulip skirt in a kind of a two-tone gold and pink kind of lurex glitter fabric with a little camisole that kind of looked like a dress um, and then this and then um, a black velour um, kind of d- jumpsuit with a kind of a deep uh, tuxedo uh, revere and a kind of a, a an obi sash thing wow yeah sounds amazing yeah and did you make a big to die every time you come back in or was it just like well I don't <laughs> like to make a fuss Roti <laughs> No. <laughs> Let's just say the ta-da happened all on its own. <laughs> Did you feel like being 50, um, that this was something you really wanted to mark? Like, was it, obviously was yeah. important. Yeah. Are you that kind of person? Like, has this home been host to lots of great celebrations yeah. and things? So my 40th was in here, was in the house. And um, we threw a, a marquee onto the back of it. And I always remember um, there was a, um, whatever the collective noun for hairdressers is, a gang of hairdressers came in and they looked and they, they looked all the way down the back of the hall and saw the kind of LED lights in the marquee. And they were like, oh my God, Sonia's house is amazing. I'm like, this isn't here all the time. I'm just saying there isn't a fully fledged disco with a disco ball at the back of my kitchen 365 days a year. But thank you for thinking that there is. <laughs> But that's kind of the person you are. I mean, you're, you know, some people don't necessarily, I think, you know, we all want to go a bit, do celebrate mm. our birthdays and things. But I think there's some people in life who really see the value of marking things, celebrating things. Is that you? Yes, it is me. But I think that I am in a very lucky position where I am um, I'm very confident in myself. Um, I'm very happy in myself and I don't give a shit. So those three things allow me to approach, and I'm also very positive, you know. So um, I think I think it's very easy to say, "Oh yeah, I always throw a party when it's my birthday." That's easy to do if you're happy and confident. If you reach a milestone birthday and things aren't panning out the way you wanted them to, it's very very difficult to throw a party and invite all your friends around when you don't feel like smiling. Yeah. So I I, I guess part of me throwing a party is to say, "Okay, this is all good." 
let's pile on in here and take a piece of this right it's now. It's interesting though. That is a really, um, yeah, I really like what you said there. But then I'm thinking of the people who say things aren't planning out. In a way, is it a good thing to have a, a party anyway to say, do you know, things might not be, but it's, I'm still here. You know, it's, it's but it's harder. It's like, well, one it's man's easy pa- to do yeah, that. When, one man's when party is another man's pain as well. Mm. Like, so what's your idea of a good time? Is your idea of a good time, you know, wrapped up on the couch watching Netflix and the fire burning in the grate mm. and, and that's a party for you, then mm. that's a party for you. Mm. So it, you can't, you know, where do you find pleasure in this life? And, and wherever it is, find it as much as you can. So talking about your parties and your glittery yeah. lights and your <laughs> disco ball, that gives I'm a, a very serious st- business person as well, okay? I just want to interject that at this stage. <laughs> but you do love being surrounded then by people and having that kind of, you know, joy of of coming together. And you know a lot of people from a lot of different kind of walks of life. Mm. And that's what mm. sort of turns you on. In oh, terms of- massively, massively. I mean, I, I, I just love walking into a room full of people. That's my favourite thing. And reading it and just, what's going on here? And have you read, have heard about Nunchi? No. You have to read this book called The Power of Nunchi. It's okay. all about reading rooms and okay. it's all about what's going on in a room and being able to, I think you have a lot of Nunchi. Okay. Like I think you'll be reading this book going, oh yeah, yeah, doesn't everyone know this, but everyone doesn't. Okay. It's a Korean. Ah, philosophy, yes, way of being. Exactly. Yes, exactly. It's a good one to, to okay. look up, but I'd say I you're full of Nunchi. Okay. Um, what about houses in your past, say when you were, because you used to be a stylist for mm-hmm. Boys Own. This mm-hmm. is one of the facts about you that I know. <laughs> Little known. Um, yeah, when you sort of like, did you have any of the bed, bed set experience or the sort of really grotty home experience? Did you ever have that or the um, shared house? Or what oh yeah, I've had of? shared houses, yeah. I had a little tiny two bedroom flat on Leonard's Corner. I lived in a house in South Lots Road. I lived in um, uh, a kind of a semi-derelict uh, house on Baggett Street. We lived in the top floor um, that was in bits by um, very eccentric, owned by very eccentric Dublin, very famous Dublin landlords. Um, and uh, we used to, so there's nobody else in the rest of the house. Um, we used to live in the top, it was freezing. And then we'd have dinner parties on the, on, in the floor below, which was empty. And I remember one night we ended up rollerblading around the room at the dinner party like there was nothing oh, going cool. on in this house and uh, uh, but yeah um so that was that was that and then we from there I I went to Herbert Street and we had to do the big move from fifth floor to fifth floor around the corner and uh, that was painful and then we were in fifth we were in Herbert Street for seven years before we moved here so actually not that many homes mm. um but kind of memorable homes. What vibe do you like to create in this house? Um, in terms of, are you kind of a strict mum? Is there rules? Are there, or are people just able to totally do whatever they want? Or I'm talking to say, what I'm do you thinking, think? I'm thinking of <laughs> relaxed, chilled out. But I'm thinking of housework and stuff. Does that get on mm. your nerves? I am relaxed, but I have a kind of a a foundation of um, principles that are basic values of respect and um, trust. Uh, trust is a big one with kids and I think it's um, it's in short supply a lot with, with a lot of parents. Um, and I think I think kids can suffer from a lack of it um, because if, if you if you overprotect and don't allow children to be trusted, um, that, that, that has a 
pretty serious knock-on effect. Um, but no, it's uh, respect is a big one for me. Um, and 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 people need to embody a spirit of generosity. I think so. If you're not being generous or kind, I have a problem with that. Um, because effectively, we're all in this together. There's four of us in this house. We're a team or a small business or an organization of sorts. So it kind of um, rotates on that kind of mutual kindness and generosity, I think. I think you're such a, every time I speak to you and if I read an interview with you, I always find something in it that's a teachable moment or something, <laughs> to use my Oprah words. Um, but it's true, and I think what you just said there is really good. And actually, I said I mentioned that we live very close to each other, but our lives have kind of intertwined in, in funny ways in that you used to go out with my brother. I did. Can we say that? We can. And um, my mother's birthday. It's your show. You can well, say what you like. Well, it was my, my mom's 80th birthday recently, and yeah. you very kindly gave a video message. And you said something about my home, which everyone at the party... Um, remarked on because we showed all these video clips from all types of different people and and you said that you came to our house when you were going out with my brother Peter and I'd had this sort of atmosphere that you'd never sort of seen before and I was intrigued by it so I wanted to ask you what that was. So I suppose I I said earlier on like I grew up in a very sort of um, prescriptive middle class um, environment um, and you know, I, I I had a very privileged upbringing, um, but it was also um, not very. Um, I hadn't I hadn't really at that point had any sense of um, deviation from that norm, um, and like Dave, Dave, my husband is from Ballybrack. Like our up, upbringings are completely different, completely different. Um, and I suppose I had, I had been quite protected and sanitized in, in, in my upbringing. So when I went into your house, it was just much more fluid than I had ever <laughs> experienced. That's a, that's a lovely word. <laughs> you know, there was, there was kind of people coming and going and then, you know, and I was like, wow. Oh, so, so explain this to me again. So he comes and he stays for a few months and then he goes again and he's not a family member. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, wh- why does that happen? And I, I remember being fascinated by, but, 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 but why does that happen? You know, because I, th- we, we'd never had that. I'd never experienced that. So, um, yeah. It was a kind of, um, I, I remember growing up, like, we didn't have parties. My sister, my older sisters and brothers would have these things called gatherings. Very good. That's what they called them. Very I, good. I still love that word yeah. from that time. And, but they were really lovely parties that yeah. were always just very civilised. And my mum would make all these um, amazing homemade pizzas. Do you remember yeah, the pizza? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And it, it just, yeah, it was that really kind of nice. And it's funny, you used the word bohemian, which yeah. everyone, it was really at the party. Everyone afterwards going, bohemian, were we bohemian? But it's really interesting that maybe yeah. we were. I think you we were. we didn't even know we were. Do you know that way? And, and so I, sh- I should say, just in my family's defence, um, we weren't, We you know, we, we actually were the party house in our, in yeah, our yeah, neighbourhood. Yeah. So whenever, as seemed to be kind of every second, weekend the electricity went out in the 80s <laughs> didn't true, it, it did. every second weekend oh, the electricity the we had so the, many candles oh, everywhere there was a blackout and so everybody yeah. had to send on our house um, and there'd be a party and because my you know mum had camping gear and uh, you know although we didn't ever go camping now that I think of it <laughs> <laughs> we did have a caravan for a minute, but we never went in tents or anything. But we did have burners and yeah, all sorts of accumulated devices that would allow for an impromptu blackout yeah. party. Yeah. 
But so that what you were saying was that it wasn't that you didn't have parties or you yeah. weren't chilled out in your house, but it was a different kind of yeah. uh, vibe. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just delighted that I can now say I sort of <laughs> grew up in a bohemia kind of world. But you just, That's you my gift to you. Thank you, thank you. We all loved it. We all sort of recast the whole thing. Good. Into this, you know, with sort of shady tie-dyed batik stuff all over the place. I'm delighted <laughs> to hear it. Um, yeah, so that's how I first got to know you. But yeah. when you were um, styling for Boyzone, because I have yeah. to keep coming back to this. Yeah. And do you know what? Stephen Gately has dead 10 years that's now. I just saw that today. Isn't that... It's extraordinary. It just feels like it's gone. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I um, mean, you knew those boys when they yeah. were just like... They weren't a proper band in a way. Even. Well, they had just kind of... It was post Late Late, I feel compelled to say. Um, and, <laughs> okay, yeah. good, sorry. I thought it was before that. <laughs> no, it was, it was after that. And... Um, yeah, like they, they they were young guys. I was a young girl at the time, you know, and it was great fun, you know, great, great fun. And actually at the time, Dave was working for MCD. So it was all a bit rock and roll, um, if you can call it boys own rock and roll. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was all kind of chauffeur driven limos here and um, private planes to see the cores in somewhere wow. yeah so it was all no, I didn't own the private plane no, but you were say, but you, yeah I mean, we were you know, blagging our way and whatever you know so yeah it was a good it was a good bit of crack yeah brilliant um, I'm gonna get you to fantasize a bit here because uh-huh. I, I know that you love your home yeah. I can see that and feel there's a beautiful atmosphere here but you know sometimes we all sit around and think if if we could have whatever we wanted and yeah. if we could be wherever we wanted are there some things is there a location? Is there a place? Is there somewhere that you kind of have on a vision board that might not come true, but it's just like, if I had everything. However it might. <laughs> you're, you're kind of a vision board person. So I won't be surprised if we do yeah. this again in a few years on your yeah. whatever. But what is that place or what does that look like? Um, it's definitely waking up to the sea. Yeah, yeah, definitely waking up to the sea. It You know, it's really not a million miles away from where I am. A, f- a few small tweaks would make a huge difference. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy. Um, I, I do have vision. I do have vision to, 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 you know, un, unlock the sleeping genius in my head and do more. I, I want, I want to do more. I want to achieve more. I want to, you know, I want to sell a business. I want to build, I, I build things. I build things from nothing and I want to, I want to create that and I want to create um, wealth for myself because I think I'd be a better rich person than a lot of people. Um, and I think I'd, I'd use it better. Um, and I think that too many women particularly are afraid of talking about money and are afraid to want money. Um, and, and I am ambitious for myself because I think, I think I've, I've done, and that was part of the celebration of the 50 actually was that, you know, that's 50 years worth of learning, you know, what are you going to do with that? Mm. Like that's really the, the sort of Rubicon into using that for its best possible purpose. Um, and, and so in a sense, when I kind of took that approach to it, it was like, well, really, I'm just beginning. Well, yeah. So tell me about where the place is. So I, I, I mean, I think it's in, I'm a Northsider. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, okay. I grew up in Malahide, you know, Might I live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or Clontarf or, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't need to go too far um, to be happy. I don't want to be remote. I would love to build because we are of a design aesthetic, but I don't know if that can happen close to town. I like being close to town. Mm-hmm. Um, I like escaping as well. Um, Brigitte Curtin um, 
is one of my good friends who lives in Listoon Varna. Like sometimes I'll just sit up straight on the couch and go, we have to go west. I have to go west. And everybody will just go, okay. And we'll barrel down and, and that'll just be a release and everybody's happy. Everybody's yeah. smiling. That brings me to something I wanted to ask you about. Where is your other place where you feel at home? Like where are the places that you go or have been where you just have that sense of I'm home. I feel mm. really myself here. I It gives me life, you know, that kind of feeling. Is that is that the West? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a there's a couple of other places, but they're really, it's more, um, it's more because of the environment than feeling like it is home. Like th- So that West thing is definitely, yeah. you know, we love going to Listoon and La Hinch and all over that direction. Um, uh, one of my most beautiful places to be here in Ireland is Ardmore Cliff House. That's just bliss for me is have you been no oh my god it's just like everything just relaxes now it's a luxury experience but you know it's 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 I'm worth very it. jealous of, oh my of god all the people who i know who've been there oh, it's and just, actually i have friends going so there this special. weekend it's so special yeah. um so yeah like i mean that's a major treat but it's um it's fabulous everyone it. says it yeah it yeah. is and then the other place somewhere that i have been twice or three times i'm trying to remember and this is another treat i'm very good to myself <laughs> like, I'm getting that impression. Um, and it is in the swiss alps and it's called thermavals and it oh, I've is heard of that oh place. my god it's um, a thermal spa, but it's a municipal spa. So it's open to the public. Um, it You could be in the pool. And I'm sorry, you... is there a lot of nakedness going no. on here? Okay, it's not the no. kind of Budapest no, type no, of no, 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 situation. No, 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 okay. flaying with birch twigs. <laughs> twigs. No, 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 no. Um, no, it's it's a network of pools. There's a main Gosh. pool, then there's kind of an ice pool. There's the womb, which is 37 and a half degrees. And there is, it's... This piped music, which is music that was composed from the Alps and the sounds of the Alps. And you kind of feel like you're embryonic and you're just floating. And and then there's a honeysuckle pool, which is thousands of honeysuckle petals in this pool. And then you can then you can swim out of the main pool under a wall and out into the Alps. And the snow capped Alps are in front of you. Now, this doesn't sound like somewhere you'd be going with kids to. No. This is an escape, man. Uh, this is like oh my god! I just remembered Inish Man. There's another one I wouldn't bring the kids to. That's epic. Now another place I haven't been to, which oh. I'm very, very jealous again of all my friends who've going been there. Going to have a little cry now, even thinking about it. Wow. Okay. Very special. What is it about that? You're gonna. You're actually are tearing up. Sammy yeah, Lennon. it's very. And actually, Dave took me there for as for my. 50th part of my 50, 50th present um it's just it's it's constructed with love you can just feel it in every atom in the place it's so beautiful it's so remote you feel very connected back into yourself you know and the food is amazing and they they strategically decided that they weren't going to go for a michelin star because it would put too much stress on them right. so the food is stunningly good but they will never have a star yeah um, and and there's only so many 12, people they 12, can have exactly 12 rooms I think it is yeah. and they get on all these best in the world lists yeah. don't they which is incredible and, and they deserve it yeah they absolutely and they're beautiful people yeah 
So before I leave your lovely home, I wanted to ask you about um, your ability, I think, which I've always noticed in you, whether it's Dress for Success or other things, to bring people together and to connect people. And you've got a new, quite exciting project that you're currently launched. Yeah, um, so I launched uh, anothermotherworld.com, which is a shared uh, solution platform for professional women so it's kind of the anti-problem page it's the solution page um, and it's really kind of tackling um, the issues that women face when when they work whether they have a family or not um, they're all the same problems over and over and over again and there is tribal knowledge and experience out there that can help them to 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 solve the problems um, and there is innovative thinking that pr- provides new ways of solving the problem. So it's it's a platform to bring women together to 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 help them to create solutions for for themselves. And so, you know, when I launched it, and it's only it's only live two weeks. Um, I I I um I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to have to write all these problems for the first six months, um, and, and pretend other people have sent them in, um, <laughs> a, a, and then and then answer them. And and every week we we um have a newsletter called the Collective Wisdom Weekly, where when a problem comes in, I ask the right people to help to provide their solution through experience or expertise. That's a bit like what Gwyneth does. I'm thinking of this. I'm feeling a Gwyneth Paltrow vibe here in a good way. Okay. Yeah, no, she yeah. does. She yeah, gets yeah. all her expert yeah. friends to say yeah. to that, tackle something, yeah. and which is I, useful. Anyway, the point. my point is yeah. I didn't have to write the problems. <laughs> the point good. is the problems come in and and it's really, really interesting, you know, and it is, they are problems that you encounter all the time, the problems that I've encountered through through the networking that I do with a lot of professional women um, our corporate partners of Dress for Success, lobby for workplace equality all that kind of stuff and they're they're kind of gnarly nubby little painful problems a lot of the times you know that that have that that do have solutions um so what kind of thing are people coming so so one, one of the things actually um the problem that we're just about to um go live with is one around how to navigate flexible or compressed working so how, how do you do that without loss of leadership without uh, compromising either side and and how do you um put structures in place to allow you to perform well in both arenas okay and that's the new, you go to people who can yeah. help with that and yeah. they put the answers yeah on. so i i'm not a corporate human I, I you know i never have been in that arena but i know so many people um who who are in it who've lived through it and who've who have and that like even something like in in my research into that and speaking to the two women who i spoke to helen smith from facebook and tanya day from oriflame it was really really interesting it was the scourge of the word part-time so they refused to use the word part-time mm. because they didn't like the connotation of it they would use a percentage week or a compressed week or a flexible week and and it was really about kind of communicating that to the team and saying these are the boundaries i will hit the ground running and we we will you know critically prioritize what needs to be done while i'm in front of you Mm. you know and these are the boundaries around when i'm not here tell me what it's called again anothermotherworld.com and people can subscribe yeah to it and they don't have to be mothers necessarily not at all now the point is that the platform is another mother ah Clever, I uh-huh. didn't get that. Uh-huh. I get it. I was thinking you don't want to be alienating all those non-parents. No, no, out there it's not. It's all, not about that. Like you say, all the problems yeah. come to you whether you have to juggle kids as well. Absolutely. Or not. Um, Sonia Lennon, thank you very much for letting us into your home. It's been a real pleasure, and um, 
I'm really excited to see what you do next, Sonia, because this in your 50th kind of 50th year. Yeah. Um, things are 51st year. 51st year. Yeah. You're, you've still got a lot to do. Yeah, I do. I'm not finished. Only starting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much to Sonia Lennon for letting us go back to yours. I'm Roisin Ingle and remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes and tell all your friends about this podcast. Next time on Back to Yours, it's the final episode of season two and it is with Rory O'Neill, a.k.a. Panty Bliss. It's funny because I used to laugh at how associated I became with marriage equality because I always thought, I'm never getting married. I'm a radical queer. You know, yeah. I used to think, you know, that getting married was boring and trite and all that stuff. But I also understood that most queer people are just as boring and trite as everybody else.